0: Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Amen. So about this time downstairs, I'd like grab my phone and be like, guys, five minutes. Just give me five minutes to teach you. Sit still. But I feel like I don't have to worry about that with you because you seem a little bit more contained. Like you're actually going to listen which is a little intimidating because I feel like you're going to listen to what I say, whereas the kids are like, my mom put hoops in my ears today. I'm like, okay, I'm talking about Peter. Like, you know, I really, so just give me these next 29 minutes and I have a clock. So I'll be watching that. But if you could open your Bibles with me, we're going to read the word of God. Open your Bibles to Luke 6, verse 46. They're going to get it on the screen for you. This is my Bible. If you want to get your mom a late Mother's Day present, this Bible is a gift to me from God. It's She Reads Truth Bible. It was crafted especially for women. It's been changing my prayer time and my morning time with God. I had to do that little plug. So just find your way to Luke. <laughs> it's so funny. It's after Matthew and Mark. Like I have to walk them through it. Page? What page is it, Miss Caitlin? Every page is different. You know. Luke 6.46. So <laughs> I'm going to read this. I told you, jokes. I'm apologizing ahead of time, too many of them. So Jesus is speaking to the disciples in a large crowd. He's saying, Why do you call me, Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who builds a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. So Jesus um, followed up his Sermon on the Mount of how to live the Christian life. This was his summary. He summarized it with something that I kind of formed into a big idea. That if you want to have a life that cannot be shaken, we can't simply call Jesus Lord. We can't simply call him Lord. But we must respond to his teaching and build our lives upon his firm foundation. How many of you want to have a life that can't be shaken today? Well, the first thing that we need to have is assurance. So this is even done our salvation. So this is those first moments that we're with Jesus. First, we must accept him into our lives, choose to follow him. But then we need to live in assurance of everything he's given us. We need to live in assurance that he is our provider. So I'm going to give you a quick definition of assurance. Assurance is not based on human resources, abilities, or ingenuity, but on confidence in the calling, the caring power of God for believers. So assurance isn't based on our resources, our abilities, or what we can do, but assurance is based on our confidence in the caring provider of our Father, So in order to start building that foundation, first we have to have salvation. But then we have to have assurance. We have to know that we are not dead. We have hope that we're not just dying. That we're assured in our faith that we don't have to provide the resources because we're in relationship with our caring God. And we're confident in that. We're confident in that. Because you know what? Before we know Christ, we're left to our own resources. And sometimes when we do know Christ, we still try to do things with our own resources. And that's a hard place to be because there's only so much we can do. I can relate to that as a mom. There's only so much I can do, right? But when we accept the Father, it's literally exactly as I say. We accept the Father— We become his children. And he looks at us the way I looked at Ames that day. I want to give you the best I can give you. I want to give you a life that's fulfilling. And you know what? When God looks at us, he has even more love than I have when I look at my son, which is impossible for me to imagine, but he does. And he has what we need. Amen, Xander. He has what we need. We don't have to come up with it on our own because we're living in assurance. We have confidence in his love. We have confidence. Um, I have a verse, Psalm 61 or 62, 1 through 2. It says, truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock in my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. So we're using a lot of language that's talking about architecture and framework and foundation. And that first step, that first step of having a life that can't be shaken comes from him in salvation, comes from him in assurance. So today I just want to encourage you with that we must have assurance in him. But secondly, we have to be close enough to him to hear his words, We have to be close enough. We can't just be assured. You know, I didn't put him in Ames in the car and just walk away. We had to be close. This is accomplished through prayer, through reading his word, spending time with him, praying in spirit, letting the spirit minister to you. So through prayer and the word, this assurance, this little seed that God puts in our heart, begins to take roots and grow begins to take roots, and that's through aligning our hearts with his spirit each and every day, which fills us with faith and reminds us that we're his children. You know, Ames, Ames and I have an amazing relationship. He is my joy. He is the happiest baby. He's so full of laughter and joy, and he talks and talks and talks, and he's in that age where he's really knowing what he wants to say, and it kind of comes out like "I didn't believe in that." Any of you ever experienced that? And I'm like, "Yeah, baby, you're so smart." Cheetos, and he's like, "No." I'm like, "Oh shoot!" But a well, good thing you're not saying Cheetos; those aren't organic. Anyway, sorry, jokes. Um, anyway. My mom actually just watched him for Braden and I. And I called her to say, hey, we're headed home. And she's laughing. I hear Ames just babbling. He's like me. He talks and talks and talks in the background. And she's laughing. And she said, he's been saying this one thing. He's just saying this one thing. And I don't know what he wants. And I said, get him, put him on the phone. <laughs> put him on the phone. Let mama tell you what, he's, what he wants. So she put him on the phone. And i house. Oh, he wants to watch the Wiggles. The Wiggle House. What are you? Sh- yeah. Sure enough, he wanted to watch TV because Mama and Ames are close enough to hear each other's words. I speak his language. I know what he needs, but that's just because every day I wake up for him. Every day I wake up and I look forward to going in his room and hearing what he wants for breakfast. I know his three main food groups are ice cream, cake, and cookies. I know that he loves bath time, and he wants to splash me and cover me with water, but I know what it sounds like when he says, I love you, Mommy, because I spend every moment around him and knowing him. And God wants us to be close enough to hear his words so that assurance can begin to grow, so we can begin to flourish and find our foundation with him. So if we're constantly filling our minds with his words, then we have nothing to be afraid of. Because like I said, God has everything that we need. And if we're close enough to hear him, then that means we too have all that we need. Um, I have a list of promises here for you. I'm just going to read a couple of them. If we're close to God, we can begin to build our life on his foundation. And when we're close to God, we know that he fights for you right? He says in his word in Exodus twenty twelve, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still, right? We know that he gives you strength. He says in his word, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. He gives us wisdom. Anybody need some wisdom? If any of you lacks in wisdom, you should ask God who gives you generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That's in James. There's many more there on the back of your bulletin. But he gives you peace. He gives you peace. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding. It will guard your hearts and minds. That's in Philippians. I put those on the back there because if you don't know where to start today, start with God's promises. And don't just take them and take them and use them, but thank him for generously bestowing them upon you so you could have a firm foundation. So we must have assurance so that seed can plant. We must be in prayer in the word daily so that assurance can grow. And it must be done by digging deep and persevering. Because I can tell you, this life is not an easy life. And when we accept Jesus, we're committing to not just hearing his teachings and calling him Lord, but to responding to them. And I got to share something with you that I've been speaking, God's been speaking to me, and I've really been encouraging to our volunteers that serve in kids' ministry. They're down there right now with our kids, and um, God really has been laying on my heart. Just, I just, and I don't do this a lot, but I was just praying, and I was just crying, because I just felt this ache of, of God just saying, when did you give all your time to the world? When did you forget about me? And it can be done in innocence, but when did we give our time the world. And that doesn't just mean like going out and living in sin. It's talking about good things. Like um, I can talk as a mom for Ames, taking him to gymnastics. Some of us moms, we run our kids to ballet. We take them to theater. We take them to Spanish class. My friend has a two-year-old. She knows Spanish. She can swim and she's been tumbling. It's like, wow, she's really prepared for anything. You know, you put her in the water. She's, she floats. It's amazing. But But God is saying today, take some of that time back and give it to me. Because if we wake up daily and we're getting close and we're hearing from God, that's going to give our kids way more than we can give them by teaching them these things of the world that are good. But we don't want to just give our kid good things. We want to give them God things. And the first thing we can do is show them that with our own lives. My friend Amy, oh my gosh, she's going to kill me. Oh good, she's not in here. Oh, she is. (laughs) This just popped in my head. She shared times when she's been reading her Bible and Nora, who's Ames' age, will pull out her Bible. she want to be in praying with mommy. When Ames hears me say Jesus, he says, amen. And we know they're watching us. So I want to challenge you with that little side note. Where's your time going right now? Where's your time? The second way to have a life that cannot be shaken is to know our purpose. A house built with no foundation fails its purpose and cannot stand within the storms. But a house built upon the foundation of Christ is not shaken because it knows what it was built for. Verse 48 says, they are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. The man who built his house upon the rock knew his foundation was firm and knew he could not be shaken because he dug down deep. He remembered those hours. He remembered the time. I don't know about you, but I've kind of always been one of those people, like, caught up on finding my purpose. I know a lot of people. We just want to find our purpose. I've shown this, you know, when I was little in those, like, cheap diaries, usually with, like, Lisa Frank designs and the lock, like, written in Sharpie. This is my purpose. I'm going to be a lawyer and go to Yale. That happened. No. Um, But I've been so focused, you know. We get so caught up on that especially in America, it's like this dream. we got to find our purpose. we got to find it. And if we don't find it, all that time leading up to it was worth nothing, right? I felt that burden that I put on myself at a young age. It was always stressful for me. Like, I didn't know what my purpose was, you know? Even as an adult, I've sat and wondered, why am I even here, you know? What, I'm going to be 28. Like, what is this? Like, what am I doing? What is my purpose? And that's because instead of digging down deep to the rock, we start building our lives upon the sand. And we start just grasping for answers and grasping for stability. We start labeling ourselves. This is who I am. I'm going to start working towards that. That's my goal. This is who I am. We make do with our cheap version of purpose. We make do. And you know what? When the storms come, and we've just made do and grasped and stuck things together, we will not stand. We will be shaken. You know, this is just in small things, and it's all motivated by good, good motives, you know. We want to we live life well for God, or even just our families, we feel useless if we if we haven't received a purpose. You know, as a mother, I want Ames to have a fulfilling life. I want him to thrive and grow because each of us are masterpieces created by the Father, uniquely shaped. And today, he's given us all purposes. But we just haven't dug down deep enough to find them. In order to live lives that cannot be shaken. We must meet God in prayer at the altar to receive our purpose. That's the digging deep that I talked about before, too. Um, We went to a conference with Pastor Al Toledo, and he was sharing um, some things about this concept. And um, he shared some examples of men and women in the Bible who were searching for their purpose. So Abraham, he heard his call and left right noah he heard and he built an ark moses encountered a burning bush joseph he had a dream god gave him a dream mary treasured in her heart what the angel had spoken to her that she was going to bring the savior of the world into the of the world into the world the thing that you see in all of these points is the action Moses left. He left his home. Noah built an ark when there was no rain. Moses encountered a burning bush. I wish my purpose was that clear, right? Joseph had a dream. But all of these people, they didn't sit down and say, okay, God, today's the day. I'm going to write my purpose, and then I'm going to follow it and live for you. No. Today, they found their callings, not in their own strengths, But they were brought to them in only ways that God could move. Only God can empower you in that way. And you have to have that assurance. You have to be close enough to hear him, to let that seed grow. But you have to come to him in prayer and commit your life to him. That's what it means to have a purpose. I didn't know how I was going to fit this in, but I really feel like I'm supposed to say it is not a job description. I got so hung up, like, you know, am I supposed to be a pastor? Am I supposed to be a missionary? Am I supposed to, like, do a secular career and somehow tie it into my faith? Like, we get so caught up in the details. So caught up. But we don't have to do that. We just have to come and receive. The other thing we have to do is just believe that God will give us purpose. Like I said, God created us a beautiful masterpiece. He didn't just create us to sit on the shelf, you know. We have to believe in our hearts that we don't have to go through life aimlessly in survival mode, but that God wants to give us purpose to thrive. Warren Wiersbe, I'm reading an amazing book by him, and he described Having no purpose, he described that as being on the ocean of life with a road map instead of a compass. So sometimes in life, we have all these good things that we've planned for our families, for our children, for ourselves, and we're like on a ship looking for like first street, you know, when God wants to be our compass guiding us forward. Are you using a roadmap map today or a compass? No? Some shifting. I want to share an example of you with a, an amazing um, missionary of someone who really held on to this. His name was Hudson Taylor. He says, Well, I do remember as an unreserved consecration, I put my life, my friends, my all upon the altar. The deep solemnity that came over my soul with the assurance that my offering was accepted. The presence of God became unutterably real and blessed. Though I was only a boy of 15, I remember stretching myself on the ground and lying there silent before him with unspeakable joy. For what service I was accepted, I did not know. But a deep consciousness that I was no longer my own took possession of me, which has never since left me. Within a few months of this time, the consecration of the impression came into my soul that the Lord wanted me in China. Hudson Taylor was the most widely used missionary in China's history. He was 21 years old. It was 1854, and he began his missionary journey. During his 51 years of service in China, he established 20 mission stations, brought 849 missionaries to the field, This is 1854, by the way. Couldn't take a plane. Trained some 700 Chinese workers, raised $4 million by faith, and developed a witnessing Chinese church of 125,000 people because he simply laid on the ground. He opened his heart to the Lord, and he had this feeling that he knew he had given himself to God and his life was not his own. He was just a boy, but this consciousness was God filling him with purpose. The foundation of purpose is in the asking. It's in the asking, but it's also in the receiving. You can't ask for something if you're not there like this. You know, surrender is essential. For me personally... Receiving my calling was kind of a new a new thing, you know. I knew that we had purpose, but I didn't ever think about it that way. Like, I could just pray about it, which is kind of a duh moment. <laughs> I mean, I've been in the, my dad's been a pastor my whole life, but it just hit me, you know. I just need to ask. But not only ask, but know that he will give it to me when he has it for me. In the words, he has for it to be for me, you know. And this, this, to me, was so simple. I just prayed every day. It didn't happen in one sitting. It didn't happen in one day. It actually took longer than I imagined. But I want to tell you that God even did this for me. And my purpose came so simply in one statement. And it was to be a beacon of joy, love, and mercy that leads others into the fullness of God's love. And you know what? As I wrote that down, I thought, I'm already doing that. (laughs) You know, like, wow, look at me living in my purpose. And I didn't even know because I had not realized it was in the receiving, you know, that God, it's so much more simple. It's so much simpler. Something that is born and built inside of me. And that's my purpose. And every day I wake up and I say, God, let me be a beacon of joy today. Let me show your mercy and kindness, but use me today to bring someone, anyone, into your fullness, in everyday sense he has. every day. Simple, fami- simple, easy, not grasped, but birthed inside. Don't get caught up on what or when. Don't get caught up on how much or how big. Get caught up in the altar. And wait to receive. In closing. A house with no foundation. Relies upon its walls. To withstand the elements. But. A house built upon the foundation of Christ. Relies upon the strength of its foundation through the storms. Verse 49 says. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. So it says the moment that that storm came, it collapsed. But that's because that house was relying upon its walls to stand. It was like quicksand in the middle. You just kick it over and it falls, sinking down, sinking down. But when we build our foundation upon the rock, we're anchored. It's like our legs are permanently attached, and our our body—not only our physical body, but our spirit—is strong, and we cannot be shaken. I have to share this part with you. Um, it's really cool because Jesus used object lessons to teach the people. And I can really relate to this as a children's ministry. Because if I don't have like something weird like milk and like dirt, the kids are gone. They're not even listening. <laughs> but, but Jesus was talking about this firm foundation. And it was cool because the disciples and the crowd were really familiar with this concept. Because they would have been familiar with a place called Bethsaida in Galilee. I have a picture This place was known for having alluvial soil. So, see that big body of water is the Sea of Galilee. That smaller river is is Jordan, the Jordan River. Veseda was a valley in between. And this alluvial soil is a type of soil that's composed of equal parts sand and clay. So, you guys may have seen this like if you're at the beach, when the sun is out and the tides are back, it's strong. You would think it was dirt, right? but the minute the tide comes in, it sinks, and everything on it goes back into the sea. These people were so familiar with it because these bodies of water would overfill, and along with the storms in the summer, the winds would pick up, and this, this, this water would overfill, and this sand that was disguising itself as a foundation would collapse. They may have known someone who had experienced this devastation in their lives personally. Their house appeared stable and then was wiped out with the storm. So Jesus was not making the issue of where the builder built their house. Because this soil was common. This is the soil they were building on. The issue that he was bringing up was the process. The digging deep. Seeing the soil for what it was and knowing that it was not a firm foundation. It was the perseverance. They knew someone who dug deep, got to the bedrock. And that house, I'll show you what happened. Can you put up that verse? It's the last verse. It said, when the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. It was well built because they dug beneath the alluvial soil, beneath that fake and life that we make ourselves without God, basically. They saw through that and they dug deep. How many of you know today that a house that is well built can be passed down for generations? I was talking with Terry. I asked if I could share this. I was so inspired. I went to visit his wife, Marlene, who's in the hospital. She's going through all this shocking news, and their family is just so surprised of what's happened. She's been diagnosed with cancer unexpectedly. What they thought was a headache turned into this major life change for them. Do you know that when we went to pray with her, she sat in that bed, and she was all smiles, making jokes, But you know what I saw? I saw her daughter looking at her mom saying, The Lord is my rock. I will not be shaken. Don't worry about me. The Lord is my shepherd. The other thing I saw was her daughter, Trisha grabbing her children and saying, Mimi is fine. Because the Lord is our rock. Because if our lives are not built on a firm foundation, what does that say about our children? What does that teach them? I can give Ames all that I have. Look at this verse. But there will be a day when it's, Paul was saying, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded that faith now lives in you also. I want Ames to say, my grandma read the Bible with me. My Mimi read the Bible with me. We sang Bible songs and that was a firm foundation. My mom prayed for me when I was sick. My mom taught me that when people were mean to me, it didn't matter because I was a child of God. I don't feel alone when I'm at school because I have my own firm foundation. I will not be shaken. And our children can say that. But it starts with us. Can we all stand today? Maybe today you feel like you thought you had a firm foundation, but a storm came and you're, you're standing in the wreckage of your life and you're thinking... What went wrong? Maybe today you feel like you've entered into that relationship, but you just need to give more time. Today I pray that God would shake you like he was sifting sand, and the things that we were giving our time to that didn't matter would come to the surface. Maybe God needs to reveal some shifting so that you can hear his voice. Maybe today we feel like we're on the ocean of life with a roadmap, you know? We don't know where we're headed. We have all these good things, but it's not working out. God wants to be your compass today to guide you. You have to know where you're going. You have to know what wind carries you to get there. Today, he's saying, I am your compass. I am the wind beneath your sail. We're going to sing this song that I literally listened to for hours as God just stirred this word in my heart. Because God is a firm foundation for you. And he's just sitting here saying, receive from me. But do not make the mistake of just calling me Lord. Because when the storms come, you will be shaken. So we're going to sing this song. It's called Build My Life. I just want you to open your heart to God today. And let him minister to you. Let him show you the areas that you need some shifting and some rebuilding in. Praise you, God. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.